solar is today what wind was about five or ten years ago, and it will grow faster than wind did. So that's definitely the part of our portfolio that we're focused on right now. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I'm John Fiella, and welcome back to Smart Energy Voices. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss any of our upcoming conversations. And tell your peers and colleagues about the podcast. At our recent Renewable Energy Sourcing Forum, our head of education programs, Peter Kelly Detweiler, sat down with Teresa Cantor from Duke Energy Renewables and Erica Biersbach from Austin Energy to discuss the City of Austin's leadership in renewable energy procurement and their partnership with Duke Energy. I'm happy to share this wonderful conversation with lots of specific insights from both the buyer and supplier perspectives. Let's dive right in. Hello, I'm Peter Kelly Detweiler. I'm Director of Educational Programs for Smart Energy Decisions. And with me today... Well, we're going to talk about when it comes to renewables, there are a few city limits in Austin. And in that discussion today, I have with me Erica Biersbach, who's from Austin Energy, and I also have Teresa Cantor from Duke Energy Renewables. And we're going to talk essentially about how Duke Energy Renewables and Austin Energy are moving forward in this process of removing those city limits in Austin. By the way, I got to ask before anything else, who came up with that title? Was it you, Teresa? I'm going to blame Carol on that one, but I'll take responsibility if I'm asking. While I have you in the hot seat, Teresa, can I ask you then to introduce yourself and and talk a little bit about what you do at Duke Energy Renewables? Certainly. So thank you, Peter and Smart Energy Decisions for having me. First of all, I appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to everybody. So my name is Teresa Cantor, and I work for Duke Energy Renewables. I am a business development manager on the commercial renewable side, and I'm part of the larger sales and marketing business relationship department. And pretty much I was brought on board to work with our existing cooperative municipal and investor-owned utility customers and really just kind of bridge that gap from the time that the PPA signed and the projects go COD to the entire term life cycle of the project and to make sure that they had somebody that they could access as their renewable goals continued to accelerate as the rest of the world, their goals are accelerating. I, I wanted to make sure that they had somebody that they could contact anytime and really grow those relationships. So I've been with Duke about eight years and prior to coming on to the renewables team, which was just this past fall, I started at Duke uh, in the regulated side, and I managed the Carolinas gas power generation, their gas portfolio. So before that, I worked at Wells Fargo doing gas trading and was really happy to make that switch from gas to renewables. It seems to be the way of the world, and, and I've really enjoyed my time over there. So you're responsible then, if I were to sum it up right now, for sort of that hand-holding and migration with the customer along their path. 
Absolutely. Really, whatever I can do to help them reach the renewable goals and ensure that Duke is right by their side and a partner with them to do it. Great. And speaking of paths, Austin Energy has had a really interesting one and was was one of the first people sort of edging out into traffic, getting into the renewables game early. Erica, can you introduce yourself and talk to us a little bit what you do at AE around that whole equation? Yes, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. My name is Erica Bierschbach. I'm Vice President of Energy and Market Operations and Resource Planning. I will say that Carol picked a great title since Austin likes to push the limits of everything that we do. So we are a city department of Austin. And so we're the uh, municipality for the for the city. And my team manages the wholesale, the energy portfolio. So all of our assets and our load in the wholesale energy or caught market. And then we also originate the renewable PPAs from short-term, long-term out to 20 years. 25 years. And we also are responsible for the resource and generation planning process for the utility and how it is associated with the city. So I tell people we manage all of that risk with regards to the energy portfolio from the next five minutes to the next 25 years. So we have a a pretty long hedge horizon that we're involved in. This is an exciting time to be in energy and renewables and in ERCOT. That's a really dynamic market, Urquhart. What it's the fifth largest wind energy economy on the planet, if it were a mm-hmm. country. Now, solar is tearing into that game as well. Mm-hmm. So, when you're looking at this, your boss, if you will, is city council, and you have a 100% carbon free goal by 2035. How do you work with Duke Energy Renewables in, in moving down that path towards the 100% carbon free goal? That's a that's a great question, Peter. So city council is our boss. They're like our board. But I tell people that my customer is my boss because they elect that board. Just like, you know, we're a, a customer slash partner with Duke. We're always looking to know what our customers need because we're essentially managing all of that, all of those assets, managing to reach those goals and those values with counterparties like Duke. So Duke and Austin have had a relationship for over 10 years now. We own 600 megawatts, or we take the offtake of 600 megawatts, three projects down in South Texas, Los Vientos, part of a larger wind development that they have down there. And we work very well bringing those assets, you know, first negotiating those contracts. They were successful in bidding that business with us. Um, They were very competitive. That's one of the first things that we look at is, number one, how competitive they are in the ERCOT market, how competent they are in the ERCOT market, how much experience they have, and then also how serious are they about staying in the ERCOT market and staying with that customer that customer relationship. So those are the things that we look at when we, when we look to partner up with developers. We have a, a very nice portfolio, very diversified portfolio, and, and Duke is definitely fits in nicely with, with our suite. Thank you. So you mentioned Los Vientos Wind. Do you have any solar in that mix as well? We do. So we have that big part of ERCOT's wind uh, portfolio. We actually have close to 2,000 megawatts of that total. And solar, we're almost at 1,000 once the last contracts get built out over the next year. Solar is today what wind was about five or 10 years ago, and it will grow faster than wind did so that's definitely the part of our portfolio that we're focused on right now. Thanks. You mentioned you've got to go in front of city council 
and you talked about finding partners who can help you with the affordability issue because you've got that responsibility to all of your customers. What else has to factor into that equation? When you're up there in front of city council and you're in the hot seat, what sorts of do you have to explain to them that you're working on and, and why? What's that conversation sound like? Additionality is a big deal. They want greenfield type projects. They want physical assets that they can point to. They're not interested really in, in recs and in, in meeting our, our goals in that manner. Another very important aspect is, is really equity. And that really has to do more with some of the local work that we do around Austin. So typically, my our team has really built up a great utility scale portfolio for our customers. But now we are also really digging into more of the local solar, community solar, DG around our, our footprint, our local footprint. So equity is a big topic for us with our customers with City Council. Thank you. And Teresa, back to you. You're out there in the marketplace. It's a pretty competitive space. There are a lot of suppliers and developers out there. How do you work with prospects and customers to stay on top of what it is they're looking for and ensure that you're bringing them something not only today, but that when that project's done, they're going to come back to you and at least engage you in the conversation tomorrow? How do you stay ahead of that moving dynamic? It's a good question. And it's different with every customer, I will say. But it's really great working with customers like Austin Energy because they're always seem to be ahead of the game. And they do seem to put themselves at, at a higher level because they push themselves and the, their city council to they commission a lot of studies. They want to be on the cutting edge of the next technology and make sure that they are really looking under every single rock as to the best opportunity for affordability and reliability, and still to reach the goals of a greener future. I feel like for me, I, I've been in their position. You know, I was I was buying gas. I was for a load-serving entity on the Duke side for a long time. So I, I've been in their shoes, and I feel their pain. And so I, I think that 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 helps. But keeping that conversation going and, and just keeping up on their resource plans, it's important to be to know what's going on, and also in their community. Duke's really prides themselves in not just kind of putting some metal and equipment in the ground and then and running off. You know, like we really like to stay in the community and stay involved, and we hire people in the area. And so it's very important for us to be a part of that. So if I were to sum it up, the affordability, reliability, and then maybe even, maybe even durability in the sense that you're going to be there, with, are there other ITs that should be added to that as well? expertise. I don't know. We lean on our experience, the fact that Duke is a regulated utility. So we have that experience. We know what the load serving entities are going through. So we're all over what we focus on currently. My business is outside of the regulated footprint, but we still have that experience. We've got the credit, you know, we've got the financial backing. So I think that that really helps communities like Austin Energy to know that we're not going to get bought out or a flash in the pan. And we're not going to just fold as soon as we start a project. Also, I know that that's important, the financial backing as well. Thank you. So Erica, if obviously Austin Energy has been in this a long time, but there are now, oh, in Texas alone, numerous cities that have articulated 100% carbon-free goals by 2050 or earlier. You've been one of the leaders for a while. What would you tell other cities, some of whom have their own municipal utilities and some who don't? What sort of advice can you give munis and co-ops and, and others in terms of where they are on the journey and what they should be thinking about going forward? 
Sure. You know, I would speak to my kind of fellow buyers or city departments and and say to do your research, take your time, do your research, be choosy. You're you're the buyer and use that leverage. Uh, it doesn't so much matter your size as it does understanding what your needs are, what the market is, so then you can make some good choices and good selections for your portfolio. We have different needs. We have different profiles. And so just really making sure that you've taken the time to pull the trigger and and not to, to move too quickly. And could you articulate for that community, what are the top two or three risks they really have to be aware of if they're going to engage in some kind of a sizable for them commitment? Yeah, depending on how they structure that contract, th- that purchase power agreement really needs to be focused on very closely. So congestion basis risk, that's a huge one, depending on where you are going to pick up that power, depending on where it's being delivered by the developer, where that transfer of ownership occurs. Second of all, it is the location as well, depending, it'll give you an idea of what that what that profile will be, what you can expect to get as far as output. And then really to pay attention to those market rules, because that will affect the value of that portfolio and how our COTS market rules develop over time. It's a very engaged, involved stakeholder process. Some of the smaller cities and municipalities are part of like a larger aggregated group. They kind of all vote together. So just to know who your partners are, and not that you're the person on the other side of that contract isn't your partner, but you're coming together to agree to certain aspects and terms. So talk to the people that are also on your side of that contract and and understand some of the things that they're doing to be able to transfer some of that risk, to quantify that risk, and then to manage the risk that you can on your side and not have to pay a, a heavy price should you should you think that you should transfer it away. So just understanding those different aspects of the PPA is very important. Thank you. And as I understand it, you have managed there's geographic risk, for example, if you've got all your eggs in West Texas with wind and it's all producing at the same time, you might end up with a certain dynamic that's not so helpful. But if I understand it, you have projects located in different places around the state to help to mitigate some of that geographic exposure. Is that right? Peter, we're all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're in we're in the West, we're in the Panhandle, we're on the coast, we're in we're in the Valley. We've looked at projects even in the East. In fact, we do have a a project in the East. It's not wind or solar, but we're all over solar same way. We're also diversifying, getting close to load centers, getting on 345 kV lines. So really looking at you know not just location diversity, but all, what how are other ways we can diversify in our renewable portfolio? So it, it takes a little time. You need to be patient, but those projects are popping up. I mean, ERCOT and Texas are a great market, and and we really want to try and reap the benefits of that as much as possible. So I'm imagining all the planners at A in a room, you put blindfolds on, you put up a map of Texas and you throw a dart and that's where that's you put exactly what we do, Peter. It is. In fact, there's like some dice that we have. We just roll the dice. We pick a number. We're like, okay, how many projects are we going to buy today? So, so I'm imagining what you're doing is you're figuring out, okay, what's our load going to look like a few years from now? And then where are the existing projects and what's their profile look like? And so then what's the next sliver we need to fill and where's that geographic and type of resource that's best going to help us? Is that Does that oversimplify the thought process? I mean, not really. I mean, really, you have to remember. So the financial settlement in, in ERCOT is we're an energy-only market. And so right. where my load is and where it settles is different than where my assets are settling. 
But having said that, we do look to match those profiles where possible because uh, you will get some, there'll be some complement there. Really, these renewable PPAs, they're, they're a type of investment, right? We're investing in green energy and in really cleaning up the grid is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to do that as economically as possible. Right. So I'm imagining on the other side of that equation, Teresa, you're getting requests from either Austin Energy or others saying, I'm looking for this type of resource in these locations. Is that conversation migrating to things like now energy storage? Or I guess the question is, what's next in terms of you're always out there on the horizon trying to figure out what the customer is going to want today and maybe tomorrow. What does that look like to you right now? What, what should we be thinking about for tomorrow? Yeah. So what we're really seeing a lot of is the, so the CNI customers are coming in at a rapid pace and what they're doing, it's, it's good for customers like Austin Energy and that they're really increasing the exposure. And, and so I think everyone's gotten really used to being able to bid these projects and they've been able to lower the price and made it, made it very competitive. And so the market's gotten a little saturated with a lot of these projects, but it's also allowed these CNI customers that just want the VPPAs, they can have projects wherever they want because they really are just looking for the RECs and they're not as particular as to where it is just as long as they have a cheap settlement. Where Austin Energy, you know, they're more into the education and their stakeholders are more about the visibility. And so they're going to be a little more unique. You know, when we have a project come into development, I'm thinking, is this location, oh, this is, this is going to be a central Texas location. This will be ideal for Austin. So let's make sure that, you know, they're on board with this. And if, if we're going to do something kind of out in the outskirts, that's going to be better for a CNI. that those just aren't going to be as appealing anymore because of the congestion issues we've had, that those just aren't going to work anymore. Like, like we did with the wind that just saturated Texas. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of what we'll be looking for. The, a lot of the CNIs will be coming in and taking a lot of the, the Lone Ranger production new development. And then you're going to be looking for more local, more centrally located to the load zones for the larger, you know, utilities and load serving entities. Well, thank you. I I think we've just about run out of time here, but I think if the, the takeaway seems to me really clear, it's a complex market, it's an evolving market and folks like Austin Energy that do their homework and are asking the right questions and pulling the right levers are helping to create that bow wave that helps the whole market move along. Would that be an apt assessment of where we're headed these days? I think so, Peter. You know, we're 4% of the market. It's not huge, but we're a piece of the pie. And we are we really are want to help see this market succeed with all the, the wonderful renewable resources that we have in the state. Thank you very much. Uh, Teresa, last word? Yeah, no, I think, I think Erica's got it. She got it for both of us. <laughs> I appreciate you having us. Wish we could do it in person. One of these days. Well, thank you both very much. Thanks to Teresa and Erica for sharing your experience and insights. We're cheering the both of you on to continue to make waves in the Texas energy sector. To our listeners, thanks for engaging with our content and being a part of the Smart Energy Decisions community. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell all of your colleagues and peers about it. 
and to learn more about how you can become a part of the next edition of the Renewable Energy Sourcing Forum, December 7 through 11, visit our website, smartenergydecisions.com, or email our event operations director, Lisa Carroll. Her email address is lisa at smartenergydecisions.com. You can also find her email address in the show notes for this episode. We're excited about sharing these conversations with leaders of the energy transition in our podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. We also invite you to check out another SED podcast, Beyond the Meter. Each episode of Beyond the Meter features innovative energy projects and initiatives by large electric power users. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community.